everywhere you go. Refreshes without filling. Why? You carry the fun with you. I never cease to wonder at the many ways scientists have learned to improve on nature. I have to think just what that means. Of course, it means many things. Each one is a masterpiece of design and beauty. But first, here is your announcement. It's time for the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Joining me today, Mr. Matt Lovell. Hello. Uh, Mr. Lee Royce, how are you? And returning after a long, well-deserved rest, Mr. Callan Danes. Welcome back. How are you doing? Not too bad. Uh, Mr. Bloomfield will be joining us a little bit later. Uh, he's probably still stuck on a bus somewhere following following regulations and seething. <laughs> Lee, what have you been up to since the last recording? Is there no like? Is there no petting option on this? Is that that's the. <laughs> petting dog should be like a requirement of all game. If you put a dog in a game, there should be a pet option. <laughs> yes. Do you think that'd be a bit rude to do that in Animal Crossing? Just like walk up to one of your neighbours and just start petting it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I've already said this before. No, you can't catch your neighbours. They they will. You can invite you can invite them to live on your island, but but I've already said this before. It's like it is a bit like the island of Doctor Moreau with Animal Crossing. It's kind of just like every single weird hybrid creature. And I think Tom Nook is just like Dr. Moreau in disguise. And he set up this big multinational corporation. Yeah, just so he can like experiment on humans and turn them into hybrid animals. Something different. <laughs> yeah, but I think we should have a regular feature, which is the internet is angry. Because I'm sure there'll be something every week regardless. 
of what the internet will be angry about that particular week. I think a lot of people have been upset because we've had the um, summer budget statement today and there was a rumour that everybody was going to get £500 and it seems to have turned into a Groupon discount where you can get £10 off at a restaurant Mondays to Wednesdays only. (laughs) It's like one of those sign-up bonuses, isn't it? It's like, oh, we'll give you one thing and it turns into a quite disappointing vote. Up to £10 as at a qualifying restaurant, and nobody said what the qualifying is. I'm assuming it's probably just going to be... Yeah, it's probably going to be that and Weatherspoons. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and a slightly rubbish double entendre name like we're living in a carry-on movie. <laughs> I expected Sid Nate, Sid James to pop up after that and go, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> It would make sense that this is the new carry-on cast that we have in Parliament. I mean, Jacob... Yeah. Yeah. Dominic Ra plays Bernard Breslau. <laughs> Let's see if we can pull the wall over in an entire... Ne- entire nation's eyes <laughs> I just love the amount of terms and conditions apply written onto that voucher <laughs> only in August on a Monday to Wednesday for up to £10 only where we want you to go It's in case everybody books Friday off work, I assume, for the length of August. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the before times when there were calendars. <laughs> there were calendars and non an actual people meeting. My my favourite tweet over the last few weeks I've seen regarding this whole situation was, so I can't can't hug my nan, but I can go on Nemesis with her. Which pretty much sums up the current situation, doesn't it? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, yeah. It it still worries me how many people I've seen out and about not wearing face masks as well, or doing, or doing the whole. Let's just like leave my nose poking out of the face mask, which is which is the equivalent to having your flies open, basically. It's like it's there, but it's not serving any kind of purpose. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of another great tweet I saw, Matt, which was where somebody said, Glasses wearer, face mask, you may be entitled to free condensation. <laughs> Anything else you read up to, Lee? It's before we took our massive swerve into the unknown. <laughs> Matt, you been up to anything the last few weeks? I've just given. I've just given up on that. I'm a hus- I'm a hairy gentleman. It's just now just trying to become a perfect circle. I've gone for the. I'm going for the. I'm going for the captain. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for the captain caveman slash Bob Ross combination. Was the barber doing your? Was the barber doing your hair with like a pair of got of uh, clippers from like a hedge to keep the keep the social distancing in place? Was it were the clippers on a broom handle? Just <laughs> just there jo- there with a the joystick. <laughs> Is that the stick you'll be using to prod people away from each other when events are being held? <laughs> if if I can hit if I can hit you with a stick, you're not far enough away. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. Uh, we we could get Ray Park to do some two meter stick star spinning, just like use his Darth Maul skill set to show how to use the two meter stick correctly. <laughs> yeah, when you hit somebody with a stick, the police and don't stand so close to me starts playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can imagine that with eight beat eight bit police playing out on a chip tune. I don't think I can go back to a normal conversation without being able to either mute or turn my camera off at opportune moments to sneeze or cough or any of the other things or take a sip of water. <laughs> so have you been anywhere? Oh. You've been out now. Yeah, that that's what the mute button is invented for on Teams slash Skype slash your webcamming service of thought choice. <laughs> I think I think I'm just gonna be like Archer afterwards and just like hold a finger up and just like hold it there when I'm doing things. <laughs> just like having a drink. Uh, uh. Now you can talk. I loved the first few weeks of this when, like, people put filters on. Like, I think there was one where somebody was a potato for the entire call and didn't know how to turn the filter on. <laughs> just, just those joyous days at the very beginning when we all thought it would only going to last a couple of weeks. Yeah, everybody seems to be like working in the same cafe somewhere in Seville.
That is a fantastic backdrop choice. <laughs> that that that. I mean, if you're having your interview on Zoom, that is a very useful one to have as your background, just for full-on intim- intimidation purposes. <laughs> Space. <laughs> So, have you enjoyed installing hand sanitizers all over the building then, Matt? You should get a little stamp card where you like spritz and then you stamp which which one it is. I was, I was just thinking like there's going to be a, like a really rubbish, depressed AI whose job it is like just put out the little window cleaner and just and then back in. <laughs> yeah. Or the or the pass the butter thing from Rick and Morty. <laughs> you pass butter. Oh. <laughs> But sorry, yes, you were explaining how they work. <laughs> you, you you laugh I'm expecting like airlocks to be installed in buildings in the future <laughs> yeah full full disconfected with like one of those thermal cameras to make sure that you're not too warm Oh, they're a bit toasty. Hit the fu- hit the full clean option. <laughs> but yeah, I can imagine capacity-wise, this must be a massive headache for you guys. 
at your workplace because it's kind of like if it's two meters it's one level of capacity if it's one meter plus it's another level of capacity if it's one meter it must be a different level of capacity it's like having to crunch those numbers Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I have noticed it's been very much a blokey easing of restrictions on lockdown so far. It's pubs, barbers, football. Yeah. I think if there are... Yeah. Which, which you think if you could cut somebody's hair, you could surely trim someone's nails. Inter- interesting at the moment, yeah. It was just. It just seems to be a very lads, lads restriction of lock, easing of restriction so far. It, it was actually a blessing to be able to watch the news without having to learn about. What team scored against two for twenty minutes at the end of it? It's like, and here's some actual news. None of that sport, and then straight onto the weather. Surely this is a better sport than the one that you actually watch. It, it's Mad Max Thunderdome with cars and a ball. Yeah. 
I, I love it when everybody goes, I'm a football fan, and I go, oh, what position do you play then? What, what do you mean? It's like, oh, so you don't actually participate in the sport, you passively watch the sport. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The thing with most esports people, they actually know how to play the game themselves and probably probably are more likely to be more engaged with the sport than most sport watchers. No, it's good. Good good to hear things are going well for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Callan, what have you been up to the last few weeks? Any particular highlights? Hmm. I've heard mixed things about that. Quality TV. Yeah. Yeah. I think Netflix has a content sharing arrangement with the BBC because they have a lot of BBC stuff. But yeah, I really like... Sorry, Callan, what were you saying? Well, they seem to have just put classic Easterners and classic Doctor Who on there and expect people that that's enough for them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, big fan of the Life on Mars. I really, really enjoyed that. It's a great cast. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, they're probably in line because it's probably about 10 years old now, so they probably would be around about now for a 90s TV series. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's still like Yeah. It's that gene hunting in a retirement home. Fire up the electronic scooter, lads. <laughs> yeah. Any... Yeah. Anything from the list that you wish you hadn't bothered with? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What what gets me now with most horror franchises is they have spin-offs of spin-offs of spin-offs. This is like Annabelle was a spin-off of another series of horror movies. And it's, it, something like that, yeah. I don't really watch horror movies that much because I find them dull and boring because it's pretty much guaranteed to follow the same formula that's been there since Friday the 13th and Halloween which is basically one of the idiots from the group will separate off, they'll end up dying first, and then the rest of them go, ah. Yeah. Which, which one? Which, which one is it? Is it Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is the one which the people keep killing themselves by accident? That is a fantastic movie, and it's got Wash from Firefly in it as well, so guaranteed it's a great film. It's basically, it's two hillbillies, and they're just really nice, lovable people, and this car full of high school students gets stuck in the middle of nowhere where they live, and they all keep killing themselves, and it's kind of like every time the police turn up, it's like, oh, sorry, officer, we didn't do anything here. It's just that this is how they got themselves involved. It's a really, really good film. I really suggest you watch it if you've not seen it. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. It's basically you get all the typical shock and horror movie things, but they're, they're not involved in it, or they're accidentally involved. Yeah. 
and everybody just thinks they're the big bad. But yeah, yeah, Cabin in the Woods is an amazing movie as well, though. That that's a really good. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely, it felt a bit like TV Tropes, the movie, but in a very good way. Yeah, very, very self-referential. So there's two more films that you could have watched instead of the entire Saw franchise, Scala. <laughs> uh, T- Tucker and Dale versus Evil, I think. I shall double check for you. One moment, caller. So, is everybody else annoyed by the auto-starting Netflix auto-playing ads of stuff that you're never going to watch as well? But it's not even the good anime they have on there. It's Netflix's own anime. That's the problem. It's like, would you like to watch Castlevania again for the sixth time? Or or this thing that we bought by accident because we just kind of like the look of the cover? <laughs> So 
that this is why you have the separate accounts. This is why me and Viv have very separate accounts, which is mine has all the anime and weird stuff, and hers has all of the different variations of RuPaul's Drag Race. And you and whatever the latest teen drama, angsty young adult novel thing that they've done this month. And that that way we can live our lives separately and we're all very happy in that Viv has her Netflix and I have my Netflix. And neither the twain shall meet. It's the Venn diagram of Netflix. As soon as you start muddling that Venn diagram of Netflix, you're going to get recommended for like food shows from Australia. Yeah. So the only uh, only benefit to sharing a single account is you can check when people are lying and they've watched ahead on shows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why have you taken me to episode six? We were on episode four. <gasps> Occasionally, it's Viv's mom and dad's. Viv's mom and dad's account is the weird one because they're both Chinese. So everything I've I've set it up so it is in Chinese for them. So you'll have trailers for standard Netflix stuff with Chinese voiceovers, which is a fantastic experience sometimes. And you're like watching it, and you're like, they don't sound like that. <gasps> this is what this is what dubs must sound like to other people. <laughs> It is it is interesting to have a scary round other people on your account's Netflix sometimes. Yeah, I think the Netflix sharing has reduced nowadays, but I still think it's quite common that people in different locations might still be using the same Netflix. Uh Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a Chrome extension you can have, isn't it? Quite useful. If if you are ha- Yeah. Could you imagine if they gave that to football fans? <laughs> like like a full on Twitch Twitch chat down the side. Yeah. Or they could do it where like Twitch plays Pokemon and that's how they play the football game. (laughs) Yeah, Twitch plays Pokemon. 
Yeah, it was basically just random people pressing buttons all the time, wasn't there? And it was kind of like... Yeah. I think they actually managed to complete the first game as well. Which which is seventh se- <laughs> What? Did did they just roll the entire game? Just the entire game just roll <laughs> I, I would love to see an actual full on live football match controlled by Twitch people. No, number 11 kick oh. <laughs> just one poor soul forced to do bicycle kicks over and over and over <laughs> there'll be one person just like walking at the at the corner flag post just constantly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's super, super detailed. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's been it's been fun watching like the um Twitter conversations between the F one organization and actually um Codemasters. Uh, it's kind of like they've had like new um new outfits for some of the drivers and it's like I'm sure they can get that into the game very shortly and then you just see Codemasters like posting a posting gifts of uncontrollable sobbing I don't know if you're Lewis Hamilton you like to get as close as possible to other drivers he likes to snuggle up to the other cars. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see what sports have come back and what sports haven't. You think, like in America, like you think baseball would have been the first one to restart, considering there is pretty much social distancing included as part of the game, and they seem to have really missed a trick with that. Same with cricket over here. You think cricket would have been the first sport back? 
Yeah. Sweaty men who can't play rugby. The game. <laughs> and and swap the entire team. <laughs> I've never seen so many players as in like a full-on NFL team. They have like a hundred players on their roster for one game. Yeah. Are you talking about rugby league or rugby union, Callum? Because there's a very big difference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not going to start it off now because I don't know enough about rugby properly. But yeah, yeah. You go up to a rug, you go up to a rugby union player and say, "I'm sorry, American football's better." And let's see how much is left of you after that conversation. <laughs> Anyway, suppose you'd tell you what I've been up to the last couple of weeks, which is basically trawling the internet for buying PC parts, and then buying most of them from the lovely people at Box, which I'll be coming on to a little bit later. But my my current living room looks like looks like an Amazon warehouse distribution center. <laughs> it's just boxes of all over the shop because I'm also helping my nephew build his first gaming PC as well at the minute. So I have his. His PC parts and my PC parts in the same room, which is quite a lot of them. <laughs> I forgot how many. I forgot how many boxes came with PCs. It's like matryoshka dolls. You'll have a box inside a box inside another box with the tiny little item inside of it, especially if delivered by. It was quite amusing when the case arrived and Viv went, what's this big box for? It's like, this is the box that you put all the other boxes of content, the contents of all the other boxes in. <laughs> so it's the CPU and then it's, that's when the conversation ended. <laughs> it's, it's, it still really frustrates me to this day where people call the tower the CPU. It's like, it's, it's, it's one of the components inside, not everything. <laughs> it's it's from many years working at a defunct electronics retailer when I was working at Maplin and people come in it's like I need to buy a CPU so you take them to the CPUs and it's like well this isn't a full computer <laughs> and then the vein would start twitching slightly on the head But but the but the box says it's faster. It's like (laughs) (laughs) 
I think I've built enough PCs over my life that I've got over the hesitation now, because it is like when it's ve- when it's thousands of pounds of Lego, people do get a bit stressy, and I can imagine that. But if you do everything in the correct order, of which there are many, many guides on the internet, of which we will be filming one as well, just so you can work your way through it. If you follow the logical order about how to build a PC, it's it's a pretty zen experience until you get to software. And then you have Microsoft. Usually about two hours from start to finish if you're taking it slow and stay slow and slow. Yeah, I mean, most operating systems now you use a a USB key. And most are USB 3.0, so you'll be much faster than having to wait for when I first started building PCs back in the dark days uh, on floppy or CD-ROM. Insert floppy 4 of 26. (laughs) Yeah. I remember my first copy of Doom came on multiple floppies. (laughs) Oh, yeah. My first CD-ROM drive, the CD-ROM capacity of 700 meg, was twice the size of my actual PC hard drive. (laughs) Kids these days don't know what they've got. (laughs) Nah... Lee, Lee will hate Lee will hate these three words as well as me. Abort, retry, ignore. <laughs> yeah. So this is what... yeah. I th- I think modern warfare, especially, has tried to take kids back to the days. I think it's just a very grumpy elderly elderly developer who's like, "I'm going to make them game like I have to when I was a kid, and which have to wait two days." Two days for the game to download and then wait 30 minutes for the update to happen like you're playing a Commodore 64 game off a, off a tape.
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm quite lucky. I have 200 meg internet at home, but I can imagine some news on still on like probably on four or five. Probably would. It it's because I pay the money that. Yeah, it's because I pay the pay the company that provides the internet more money. That usually works. <laughs> they went from this a very small pipe to this a medium pipe. <laughs> How much for the medium pipe? <laughs> Yeah, I think it, to take the analogy to your friend, it's it's still a very small pipe. It's just a very big tap at the end now. <laughs> it's like you haven't actually changed the amount of water you're getting. It just looks prettier when it arrives. <laughs> God, I sound like a technology granddad now. <laughs> Back in my day, my game came on a cartridge. None of this modern stuff. <laughs> don't don't copy that floppy. <laughs> yeah. I I think we should buy a ton of retro games, set up a Windows ninety five PC, and like have play through all the old demos, or get a PlayStation one demo stack, and then go through and see how bad then. I I I do miss the old PlayStation black CD ROMs as well. They always look so cool and futuristic. It's like, look, it's the future. <laughs> That and a mini display. <laughs> they probably look about how much it costs just to have the discs as blue discs, and they went like, "Yeah, no, that's expensive." All right, so coming up on the show, if you're not already left, <laughs> we're going to be talking about cinema reopenings. Uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about PC stuff and we'll be having a quick catch-up with Callan on what he's been up to since he's been away from the show. Hello, this is Keith popping in to give you this issue's pull list. This time we'll be taking a look at some current releases and some upcoming comics you may find of interest, along with some comics-related news in Meanwhile. First up, the most recent releases. This week saw the release of Doom Patrol Weight of the Worlds Issue 7 from DC's Young Animal imprint. This final issue in the series was brought to you by writers Jeremy Lambert and Gerard Way, with Nick Derrington returning on pencils. I've thoroughly enjoyed everything that Young Animal has done with the Doom Patrol, and I hope that we will see these creators and characters return again in the near future. Also out now is Adventure Man number 2 from Image Comics. This is written by Matt Fraction, with art by Terry Dodson and Rachel Dodson. This comic continues to do everything you would want from a modern-day pulp series. Highly recommend. Comics to look out for next week include Strange Adventures number 3, written by Tom King, with art by Mitch Gerrard and Evan Shanna. In this latest instalment, in this issue, Adam Strange continues his adventures in outer space, but faces the gritty consequences of them on Earth. Also keep a lookout for Once and Future number 9 from Boom Studios, written by Kieran Gillen and art by Dan Moore. Meanwhile, on Kickstarter, look out for the latest campaign by Catherine Hemmings. Last year, 
year I backed her being Ginger comic strip book and she's just launched her Kickstarter for her latest book which is Being a Cosplayer. I'm looking forward to this one. Being Ginger was a great read and being a cosplayer looks to be equally fantastic. This week has also seen the release of the season 2 trailers for both The Umbrella Academy and The Boys on Netflix and Amazon Prime respectively. Both trailers look to continue what were great first seasons. I'm looking forward to seeing these. The Umbrella Academy is due for release at the end of this month with The Boys scheduled for the beginning of September. And lastly this week we also had the release of the first trailer for the Audible DC series of The Sandman. In this short trailer we get to hear James McAvoy as Lord Morpheus so please do search that out and have a listen. This audio adaptation comes from the Big Finish genius Dirk Mags with an all-star cast including McAvoy as Morpheus, Kat Dennings as Death, Taron Egerton as John Constantine, Andy Serkis as Matthew Raven, Michael Sheen as Lucifer, Bebe Neuwirth as the Siamese Cat and Riz Ahmed as the Corinthian. Neil Gaiman will serve as the narrator for the series. I think it sounds incredible and I cannot wait to hear the full adaptation. And that's it for this week. I'll pop up again a bit later on in the show, but I will hand you back over to Ryan and the rest of them. So to kick us off, um, cinema reopenings. So we've had a few cinemas reopen. Uh, I believe Odeon reopened from the 4th of July in Birmingham. Um, Empire is reopened in Great Park, I believe. Or it's reopening on the 10th. Real Cinema, we don't have a date for in Quinton just yet. And Cineworld are reopening on July the 31st, which they originally were going to be opening last weekend, which was July the 4th. And then they've decided to pull back for a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it might be opening on from Friday the 10th because there's lots and lots of availability for the 10th on onwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite interesting to look through the list of films that have been released as well, because most of them seem to be more classic movies, to put it mildly, that they're reopening with. For example, yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's a bit of a case of. I can imagine there's not actually that much on the Hollywood release stage. So you're going to be really struggling on what you're going to have coming up soon. Well, the Bond film was supposed to be released during the lockdown period and that's been pushed back till November. Uh, X-Men New Class got pushed back as well. I think the next big release is the Christopher Nolan movie Tenet, which I did see the trailer for. Yeah, I did see the trailer for that in the Before Times, and it looked really, really, really good. I think it was I think it was the trailer for Endgame, which was the last time I was probably in the cinema, and it was really. <laughs> but it is kind of like it's it's quite worrying, and I think Hollywood, especially with a. Apparently, Trolls 2 has been one of the most profitable movies for Hollywood for a long, long time because they could just release it direct to digital. I'll have a quick look for you. Yeah. 
I can imagine it. Yeah, because you got no gate gate sharing, etc. It must. Yeah. So it broke all digital records. Excuse me. Let's read the article. Uh, da, 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 da. Why do they do that? Always put it past. Uh, uh, box office gross of 154 million. Which is uh, more about as much as they collected for the first film. That, yeah, so it made over $100 million in its first three weeks. No, I can imagine they'll have to split that with streaming services, but I imagine the rates are going to be a much lower than Harrington's box office game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I believe it was supposed to be over the like the bank uh, the Easter bank Easter bank holiday I think it was due for release originally and uh, yeah as you mentioned DreamWorks have broken ranks by releasing it online with no cinema launch whereas most of the studios just postponed their releases so yeah I th- yeah because I think the old rule was the first week of release is hundred percent of box office went to the cinema and um, went to the distribution studio and then it went down on degrees after that and it's like cinemas were making revenue off popcorn and snacks and drinks and unlimited cards and that way yeah I mean, it is. It was traditionally an old model because I can. I notice the gaps have been getting shorter and shorter between cinema release, then digital and DVD and Blu-ray release, and then onto your streaming service of choice seems to have been narrowing pretty damn quick over the last few years. It used to be something like twelve to sixteen weeks, and I think it went down to something like eight weeks. Which is doesn't sound like much, but it's kind of a long period, especially if you're a cinema, and that eight weeks usually cut off period is probably when you're going to start earning your bulk of your revenue because it's a recent release. And then if then it's coming out on DVD and Blu-ray, people are just going to wait and watch it at home for the same price. So 
I am concerned this, the cinema industry is not going to recover to the same extent. But at the same time, I'm a bit hopeful you might get a bit more variation of just having the latest blockbuster every time. And we might start to see some film actually made for a cinema rather than made for home release with cinema shoved in the middle. Yeah, and I can imagine a lot of smaller chains and independent cinemas is going to be the worst hit out of this. True. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can imagine it's going to be a lot of films that fell in the like the mid to low budget aren't going to be as widely cinema released in the future. It's either going to be your full on spectacle blockbuster, or it's going to probably be a straight to digital slash DVD Blu ray release now. It's. Yeah. 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 Because imagine a film like Emma, which came out pre in the before times, and it was quite a successful movie. But I can't imagine that being released on a wide release now, and I can't imagine the audience being there to sustain it for long term for a cinema audience. I don't know. I mean, there might be a lot of Jane Austen fans knocking around, but...
yeah, it's mm. it's excel it's acceleration rather than a change. It's just it's just we've moved on to the next step further down the line. Yeah, and I can imagine it's pretty much similar to the food industry in the UK. We've seen a lot of casual dining places, unfortunately, won't be reopening. And a lot of those were probably tied into your cinema experience where you'd go out and have like, go and have your pizza or have a bowl of pasta and then go to the cinema afterwards or vice versa. You go to the cinema and then go out for a meal after that. So I can I can see that's probably going to have a knock-on effect. I know Cineworld had partnerships with certain restaurants where if you show them your ticket, you get a discount on your food afterwards. So I can imagine all that's going to start disappearing because to be honest, a night out at the cinema now even if it's just me and my wife, it, it's an expensive hobby. If you're not if you're not an unlimited card holder, or limitless, or whatever the type of plastic is in your wallet from a cinema that you own, if you're not going to be going to the cinema four times a month, which justifies having a limitless card, it's it's still expensive to visit once or twice a month, especially if you're getting snacks on top, which is I know they're high cost. But that's the only way the cinema actually does usually earn their revenue, and you'll you'll find that's where they'll earn their cash. Is you'll probably find they'll earn more off a bag of popcorn than they do off the ticket, on average. But how are you going to be a food retail retailer in the middle of the pandemic in the cinema? And I can imagine they're going to have massive capacity issues as well because they won't be able to fill screens the way they used to, which is less people for the door, less revenue less chances to upsell. So I th- I th- I can really see unfortunately I said not not the independent cinemas but maybe the smaller chains will start to dry up. Especially in Birmingham where you've got two cinemas pretty much across the road from each other with the uh, City World on Broad Street and the Odeon at Broadway Plaza. Yeah, this this is something that I've seen picked up quite a lot. And it, it, I suppose it does make sense in a kind of way. I know one of my friends went to the secret cinema sharing of Fight Club, which was a drive-in movie experience. So I can see working in that kind of movie experience, watching a retro film. I'll, I, I can't see going to a drive-in to watch the newest blockbuster in stereo. Because how's your internal car audio going to be able to match a cinema experience I mean is it yeah yeah or is it going to be like the 50s when you drove up to having like your individual speaker on a stand next to you Hmm. <laughs> yeah, as I said, I think for a more experienced movie that would work. But I wouldn't want to go and watch like the latest Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie and that kind of experience. I don't think it would carry across as well. It's basically just watching it on a giant bath mat in the middle of a field, so... <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Callum, where would you think? I mean, you you have a bit of an inside advantage because where you work actually has a a giant screen. (laughs) Yeah. Is it, is it a jukebox? Is it a juice box? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably going to be a nicer social experience as well, to be honest. Not having to sit next to the person with the smelly nachos. <laughs> but having that little bit of a gap between people might, might make it feel a bit more comfortable for a lot. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's always going to be individual responsibility with something like this, isn't there? See, see what all the buzz is about with Trolls World Tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I look, I look forward with interest to see how the cinema landscape changes, but I'm hoping that it continues to be a thrilling experience as it is for over a century for a lot of people. For those who pay attention to the Geeky Premier website, you might have seen an article pop up over there over the last week or so, uh, where we're finally getting around to upgrading from my lovely laptop, which has served Geeky Premier for a very long time, for the last four, four, four plus years, the beast, the 17-inch gaming laptop, which has given me a hernia at every convention where we've lugged it to. <laughs> but it, it's been old reliable, but in the current situation, and it's been co-opted as my wife's new work PC, so... It's time for a bit of an update. I think. I mean, it's it's starting to show its age. It was built in 2015, and you can tell. So spec wise, it was a Intel Core i7 4720HQ and six gig uh, GTX 970M, 16 gig of RAM, which was really good specs at the time. And most applications were pretty pretty quick on it. But um, the world of computing has moved on quite a lot since then. Um, at that time, AMD was a curse word in most enthusiast PC circles, where it was all Intel, and things have started to demand a little more horsepower, especially with PC gaming. So I've decided I'd I'd, I'd build a PC, and it's for what I put together. I think it's a fairly decent system, and it's taken a lot of research, but. Um, I just I just thought I'd go through the the PC picking experience for you guys for those who are looking to build a PC themselves in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean, I've got a bit of ground knowledge on this, but uh, a really, really useful website is PC Part Picker. So that you can pick one po component of your PC and you can build the rest of the PC around it. So if you're going to choose like an AMD processor, it will automatically filter down to only choose the right parts. 
Or if you want to go a bit more local, the chaps at Box have a pre-built service called Cube. And you can go in there and they do a similar kind of PC part picker list where you can go through and choose your bits and they'll automatically filter into what's compatible. So there's there's a lot of help out there, which is a lot different from when I first started building computers, which basically just relied on you knowing the dark hearts of technology and, and how to summon the PC bits to work together. So it, the internet has been a great equalizer in the PC building world. Yeah. Well, the the seven the the seven main components with most PCs, which is your CPU, your motherboard, your RAM, your storage, so either a SSD, a solid state drive, or a hard drive, uh, your power supply, your case, and if you're going with looking for a gaming PC, your graphics card. Those are your main components. Everything else, your monitor, you could use a TV because most of them use HDMI. Keyboard and mouse you can get from 20 quid at Curry's down to some ridiculous amount of money somewhere else, but they're very easy to get onto. So the main seven essential components is where most people are going to be most concerned about. So, yeah, it, it depends if you want to look like a unicorn's vomited over it. All, all that beautiful rainbow glow. And uh, uh, no, you just wait for the build video, Callan. There'll, there'll be lots. <laughs> there, there, there might be six LED fans and some LEDs on the motherboard. But who, who's counting that? <laughs> Yeah, it's got it's got to have some kind of unicorn vomit on it to be to qualify nowadays. It's 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 got to look like Liberace's wardrobe at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the joy of PC building yourself. Uh, but what I would say is probably the key thing is to work out what you're going to do with it first. And there is a massive range of specifications on what you can actually have for your laptop, what you actually want to do with it, where you want to go, what, what's its purpose. If you're going for a purely gaming PC, Intel has still has a slight edge with their processors at the moment. But if you're going for something that's going to be a multi-core workstation, which is what I'm building, AMD is the natural winner in that area because their chip design favors more multi-threaded application processes. So so I'm looking for something which is going to be basically um, an all-round performer. The whole point of this PC is it's somewhere where I can edit the podcast much quicker than I can currently because the laptop can't really handle more than two or three WAV files at once now just because of the size of the WAV files and crunching that amount of data. I want something that could... Yeah. And I want to do... Yeah. So we do with the occasional YouTube video with Geeky Brimmy. So I want something that can handle 1080p footage easily without having to have too much stress on it, which 
720p to 1080p's. I think it's double the pixels, which is doesn't sound like much, but it's a very much harder workload if you're doing 1080p footage. And then again, if you're doing 4K footage, which we probably won't, you'd need something even higher specification than this, and you need a lot of horsepower under it. Uh, something else we want to do is light to medium photo editing. So something that where we can just throw a couple of documents on, edit in Photoshop or GIMP if you want to have a quick edit. And as well, the occasional game when we have some downtime. So I want this to be something that we can use as possibly a streaming box if Lee or Matt wanted to do some streaming in the future, set up a webcam, and it's still got enough horsepower under it to be able to stream and play the game at the same time, which, again, multi core processor is where you want to be. So... Cost for the system is around £1,600, which is sounds like a lot of money, but that's pretty much mid-range spec. And I've included a monitor in this, which has taken up a big chunk of the budget. It, it comes down to price and time more than anything else. The The main driver will be price, how much money you can afford to put on this PC. Because at the end of the day, my laptop can still currently perform all these functions. The difference is it will take four to eight times as much time to do this amount of work on my laptop than it would be on a PC where we can have that dedicated resource, where we can chunt, work through all the videos, can leave it alone doing it doing its thing and it'll be a much quicker a much smoother process so budget is probably number one so, and the other thing i'd say is there's lots of great youtubers out there that you can use for resort research um a couple of the channels that you're probably worth looking at is gamers nexus who do very 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 intensive guides on processors hard drives um, power supplies cases they'll they'll tell you everything down to the minutest detail which is the best cooler which is the best process uh, Linus Tech Tips does a lot of technology where they'll do build guides uh, telling you which is the newest components coming out um, there's a guy called Bitwit who does a lot of computing videos there's loads of people on YouTube just go onto YouTube have a look and there's sure there's plenty of build guides on there for how to build a PC and like I said pretty much I'd say killer is price first. So work out how much you have to spend realistically and then work backwards from that on which components you're going to put together. So, for example, for the £1,600 rough budget on this one, the processor came to £170, which I chose the Ryzen 5 3600. So this is a 6-core 12-thread processor. So doesn't sound like much in comparison to my old CPU, which was a 4-core 8-thread processor, but it's on a much smaller lithography, which means it's a much more compact processor die, which means it's much more thermally efficient, so it'll go through work much quicker, uh, draw less power in comparison per watt, and it'll be much quick, much faster. Uh, the motherboard I've chosen is an MSI Mag B550 Tomahawk, which is an upgrade of the B450 Tomahawk, which was a very, very well-reviewed motherboard at the time. And the reason I've chosen that one is there is a really good upgrade path here. This motherboard supports PCI Generation 4, 
Most stuff at the moment is PCI Generation 3 if you're choosing fast storage or graphics cards. Graphics cards can't currently use the bandwidth that PCI Generation 4 can give. So this gives me opportunity in the future to be able to go and buy a PCI Generation 4 graphics card when that comes out in the future. Also means that I have time chance that I can upgrade the storage as well. So thinking about your future upgrades. The thing with the PC is when you buy it brand new, you've got to think of your future upgrade path because... As with everything technology, there'll become a time when it will become slower. You'll want a bit more performance out of it. So having a sensible upgrade path will really help you in that process. Uh, same with the RAM. I've chosen 32 gigs of DDR4 3200 megahertz. So I could have gone with 16 gigabytes of 3600 megahertz for around the same price, which would have been faster per cycle. But I want the capacity to have more RAM because I'm editing big files. So the more RAM you have, the more easier it is to throw bigger files into that and it might help a little bit with gaming performance as well as files get bigger and bigger so the motherboard i've chosen is four ram slots so a lot of the smaller motherboards will only have two ram slots so i'm going to be populating two of the four that gives me an option then that i've got two spare ram slots uh you can look at the number of ports on it so does it have multiple SATA ports for your hard drives. So you have multiple M.2 slots if you're going with PCIe or MSATA drives on it. So it's things like that. You look look at the motherboard, look at the options that you're going to use now and look at what you're going to use in the future. The motherboard's pretty much the heart of your system. So think around that. So the motherboard I've chosen, I can even look at moving to possibly an 8-core processor in the future and move up to something like a Ryzen 3800 because it's got the power delivery, that means that you can go to a more expensive CPU. So if, if we're finding the 3600 hasn't got enough horsepower, then we can move along. Same as with this generation of motherboards, AMD have agreed to support it up to the next generation of CPUs. So when the next generation of CPUs comes out at the end of the year, if there's a big performance jump, I can move to that next CPU without having to rebuy the motherboard as well. And it's just, just a bit of pre-knowledge will really help you. I mean... And I think upgrade path is definitely something that's very worth considering when you are purchasing a system. Don't think about what it's going to be now. You've got to think about three or four years in the future. This is a significant financial investment. So you've got to think, what's that financial investment going to be? Would I rebuild a PC in three years? No, probably not. But what I'd do is probably look at either upgrading the processor, the RAM, the graphics card, depending on what the issue is at that time. Where, where I'm finding those bottlenecks in the system. So you mentioned there. So um, I've chosen a Gigabyte RTX 2060 OC graphics card, which is a fantastic mid-range graphics card. But again, I will still have the option if I if I suddenly become flush with money or we find out the RTX 2060 isn't rendering video fast enough, we can move to a 2070 or a 2080 or the next... 30 series or whatever the next gtx series or rtx series of graphics cards is so just having that 
and your forethought when you're pricing your system is a really good way of judging your PC build. I mean, especially. Uh, I mean, especially again, um, as Keith. Hello, Keith. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Keith. Keith joined us. Uh, yeah. So most motherboards will have multiple sockets on them. So, for example, uh, I have on the motherboard that's purchased. You have two PCI Express X times sixteen slots and two PCI Express X times one slots. So one of those is going to be populated by a sound card because motherboard sound is not great, and because it's going to be an audio workstation, it's really worth upgrading that. But it still gives me two free slots, so if there's a new version of USB that comes out in the future, or a new faster version of storage based on the PCI Express slot, then there's still slots open that I can slot, put stuff into and change. Uh, same as the storage I've chosen. So I've chosen two M.2 PCIe NVMe drives, which sounds like a massive word salad when you try and speak it out. What this means, it's really, really, really fast storage. So it's moving from SATA, which does 6 gigabits per second as the speed, up to something that can put 2 to 3, um, sorry, 3.5 to 3.0, 6 gigabytes per second, which is a massive speed boost in comparison to SATA. and means when you're editing files, dragging and dropping from one hard drive to another, it'll be much, much faster to do that. And the th the thing the way I always think about it is the more you spend on the PC, it's time that you're saving. You're not really saving anything else, especially when it's developing something for for work, not for gaming as the priority. All you're doing is faster components means you will have to spend less time editing, shuffling files, and rendering videos out, and. Yeah, I mean, especially as we're going up to up to ten gigabit Ethernet, you can get on some PCs now, and that's faster than most hard drives that are on the market. So your your net your network connection is giving you too much data. So again, having a faster PC means it can ingest data quicker. You can move bigger files quicker. If we're dealing with four K video files, these are multiples of gigabytes of data, which can take a long time to download or upload or transfer if you're moving them across a network. And having a faster PC that can ingest the data really does help. But, and to say, if you don't even want to build your own computer, we mentioned this a little bit earlier. I mean, I ordered most of my stuff from Box. They're based in Minworth, so really local to us. And they're a really nice local company that I'd like to support rather than giving all my cash to Mr. Jeff Bezos for him to have another, have another Scrooge McDuck party with his cash. <laughs> 
but at the same time they do do custom builds so if you don't want to go through the equal pay amounts of pain and joy of building your own pc for the first time uh, you can go and speak to them spec out a system as i said it'll automatically filter out the parts that are compatible and they're only a phone call away if you want a bit of advice and you say look my budget is x i want to build a pc for this purpose or it's my son's first gaming pc this is how much money he's had for christmas what can you do and i'm sure they'll be very very helpful we'll work with you on that but um yeah i say a lot of it's research but as we geeks research is something we love <laughs> but the only thing yeah 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 yep yep and the thing that all geeks love there'll be lots and lots of stats at the end of it with benchmarks synthetic benchmarks real world benchmarks uh, temperature graphs all the fun so the final part of the series what i was going to do is run the beast up against the new PC and just see how much real-world performance we're having in difference. And I think that might be a, a good way of showing what a five years of gap between what was a high-end laptop to what is a mid-range desktop now would be a quite good way of doing it. The the lovely old beast can run Crisis, but can but can it run can it run Crisis remastered? That is the big question. No, it, it's currently it's it's like the old racehorse. It's currently now bedded down, being an office PC for my lovely wife, who now uh, has has taken it and made it her own. <laughs> oh no, it's firmly staying at home now. It, it's it's had its outdoor life. It's it's a it's a care home now. It's having a rest. It, it, it's it, it's on a few more gentle tasks. I mean, we've all carried this laptop between us at one point, and we all have been surprised about the weight and the backache that it's given, but it has been a fantastic little device with most conventions. I think me and Keith have sat opposite the screen more times than we care to think about. Just, just sit it on its own little scooter to wander around anymore. <laughs> but yeah, definitely stay tuned to the Geeky Premier YouTube channel where I'll be putting the build together so you can work through with me step by step on how to build a PC. And then as I said, I'll probably put another article up about how it actually performs. So keep tuned. Hello, welcome to the portion of the show where I talk about the games of the week for the past few weeks. It's been three weeks since our last episode, so I'm going to cover three games from each of the last three weeks. Game of the week three weeks ago was The Almost Gone for PC, Switch and mobile platforms, a puzzle game about investigating surreal dioramas for clues to someone's missing memories. There's a surprisingly dark tone to it with talk of something following the protagonist as they progress. It's a unique title that brings to mind Monument Valley crossed with a good escape room game. Ideal for playing on the go, I reckon. Last week, with such a muted release week, it was hard to pick a specific game. 
but Townscaper caught my eye, and it's definitely the most interesting thing that I spotted that week. It's not really a game as such, and more a fancy interactive toy. You place blocks onto an irregular grid, which the game converts into a town that shifts as you build up more and more. While it's not really going to compete against the big hitter games this year, it does look like a fun little thing to play around with if you're looking for something chill to entertain yourself with. Even just watching videos of it, there's something satisfying about seeing the block placements turn into a cute little town. It's really cheap, too. But what about this week? Well, do you hear that, Zach? Deadly Premonition 2 is Game of the Week this week. The sequel to 2010's beautiful disaster, Deadly Premonition, sends us to New Orleans as we investigate a case once again as Special Agent Francis York Morgan. Please, call him York. It's what everyone calls them. Expect more janky B-movie goodness now with added skateboarding and voodoo. The first Deadly Premonition was a polarising game because of its low-budget nature, but intriguing story filled with charm and delightful weirdness, and this long-awaited second game promises more of this. In summary, The Almost Gone was published by Playdigis and developed by Happy Volcano, and is available for Steam, Nintendo Switch, and mobile platforms. Townscaper is made by Oscar Stahlberg and is available now for Steam, and Deadly Premonition 2 is published by Rising Star Games and developed by Toybox Inc., with direction from beloved cult developer Hidetaka Suahero, or better known as Sweary65. It's exclusively available for the Switch. And that is it for the recent games of the week. For more on the latest games, please stay tuned to geekybummy.com where every Friday I post the latest news and releases from the gaming world. And with that, let's get back to the main show. Callan, I can't remember the last time we actually had you on the podcast. Yeah, I'd probably say roughly around this time last year. I think it was June, July. Bef- yeah, it was before you before you departed the beautiful Birmingham. As- so we just thought we'd catch up and see how you're doing, how you're coping with lockdown life, and what you've been up to recently. Yeah. <laughs> In the before times. <laughs> It's glad to hear that you're using the skills that you put together with Geeky Rummy and the other podcasts you were working on at the time. So, I mean, I can imagine it's a very interesting time to be jumping into a podcast-based business. Secrets. Yeah. Can you mention which companies are involved in that? 
Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I can... Yeah. So I can imagine as a me recent media graduate, especially with the current situation, it must be a very interesting time to be trying to get involved in media because a lot of, lot of the media industry is on furlough. And at the same time, a lot of the media industry are diversifying. I mean, we've seen... Every single celebrity under the sun does have a podcast now, and I think they just rotate guests. And it's like I'll be on your podcast this week if you're on his next week, and then I'll be on yours the week after that. Does that work? <laughs> yeah. Collab. <laughs> Have a collab episode. <laughs> yeah. But have you found like there's been more opportunity or less opportunity to get into media based things at the moment? I mean, definitely have seen a lot of, as we mentioned earlier with the cinema thing, there's been a, a lot of acceleration towards new media, especially in the, especially across lots of industries. Uh, and we've seen it, I think, um, David Tennant and Michael Sheen are currently doing a furlough drama series. So we've seen a lot more, exp yeah, we've seen a lot more experimentation. Yeah. 
Lee, you can't say anything. You had a Raid Shadow Legends video before your latest ferrets first, so I can't say it. <laughs> You're part of the problem, Lee. You're part of the... <laughs> Well, whilst we broadcast, may I just remind you. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying today's content. It's brought to you by. <laughs> I've... I noticed YouTube have just changed their terms of service as well. So it used to be 10 minutes. You could, after a video was 10 minutes long, you can put in as any, many adverts as you wish. Uh, they've just changed it now. So if your video is eight minutes or over, there is more than likely to be a midway through advert now. Yeah, because you have to go into each video individually and go, no, I don't want it on this one. Because <laughs> yeah. I can imagine, unless you've got 100k followers... Or subscribers, I can imagine the revenue is not fantastic. A two. <laughs> yeah. And I can I noticed a lot of YouTubers have moved to a more of a Patreon or merchandise model, especially the bigger ones. Uh, so because when the adpocalypse happened on YouTube, I think it was two years ago, and a lot of a lot of revenue went down then. So a lot of the bigger YouTubers actually started to struggle on revenue because I think they just lost so much cash equivalent. So that's why a lot of them have moved to a more Patreon slash buy our t-shirts from our shop kind of model now but i can s <laughs> but but i can see the media industry turning more that way now where it's going to be not only fans led but page patreon style yeah well i can imagine it being more like patreon led or where it's more it's based on followers actually opening their wallets and giving money directly to the creator rather than having the traditional publishing house. It's all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And I suppose... And I suppose you can get direct engagement with your audience as well at the same time with a, what do you want to see next or what 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 do you like about my style? What do you want changed? All right, Keith, what you've been in the media industry for a few years. I mean, do you see there's been a cultural shift? No, nobody wants to see that TikTok video. People are too lazy to turn their phones. That's what it is. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, well, you say this, Lee. Today's episode is brought to you by. <laughs> but um, Matt, somebody who works in marketing, it must be interesting to see how you keep up with this kind of ever evolving media platform. Engagement, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I mean, I think for Callan, especially for a recent graduate, this must be an unnerving but an exciting time at the same time. As more people get switched on to technology, more people get switched on to media. Hopefully, this means that there will be a range of jobs there, and not just for self-made content, more for maybe the larger platforms to go out and recruit some younger blood. Who, who are au fait with the current media situation, who know how to deal with TikTok, who know how to actually post on Instagram. Because I know quite a lot of the industries, unless you keep engaged, as Matt said, and constant with your knowledge 
and your technology, there's going to be a big seismic shift, I think, coming soon where people people who are not adapted to technology as well are probably going to struggle. Yeah. I mean, it's probably people are thinking that even recently, if they were th- trained on Facebook five years ago in their marketing degree, I mean, is that still going to be relevant in five years' time? We've noticed that. Is TikTok the new app? Yeah. 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 Well, I can imagine it's even stuff like, so, for example, Twitter, I know it's been through four or five different design changes since the Geeky Premier show started off four years ago, where we started off with a square profile picture, now it's a circle profile picture, the banner size changes frequently, uh, you can now do replies with comments and actually track the ones with comments without, it was a role feature they rolled out. I remember the whole thing where it changed from 140 characters up to 280, yeah, and people were like, oh my god, we can now put whole sentences in and not speak like text speak from the mid 2000s yeah but I couldn't yeah Yeah, I know Facebook, especially with their videos, now have this auto-rolling video thing, and they'll just drop an advert in at any point during the video, which they wish to do. And it's kind of like you're not in control of how your content is delivered on certain sites anymore. But yeah, yeah, I... I yeah, I wish you well on your media journey, Callan. <laughs> seems to be a very interesting time to be joining. And and where can we find where can we find your website for podcast editing services if anybody needs it? Mhm. Not Baba Audio anymore. 
Films. Ja. Great tip. Very useful. So check out Dane's audio for all that information. Thank you for joining us on the Geeky Brummy Show this week. Lee, where can we find you online outside of the podcast? Mm-hmm. And we can find your Friday Roundup on the Geeky Brummy website every week as well if you want your gaming news. And Mr. Matt Lovell helped you out with last week's gaming news as well, I believe. Yes. Matt? (laughs) And where can we find you not talking about esports, alternatively talking about esports elsewhere online? Keith, where can we find yourself online when not being late? What what what's the old adage? Good people create, great con- great people steal. <laughs> Callan, where can we find your creative exploits online? <laughs> nice synergy in your brand there, Callan. Very well done. 
You can find me at Ryan Parrish, usually on... <laughs> yeah, you can find me at Ryan Parrish on Twitter, or you can find me moaning about the current series of Celebrity Masterchef at Brummy Gourmand, where I just usually post snarky gifts for an hour and a half every episode. Uh, but you can find us all at geekybrummy.com, on geekybrummy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Just search for Geeky Brummy. Uh, we're on ko-fi.com forward slash geekybrummy if you want to throw a, a cup of coffee our way occasionally. And as I said, stay tuned for some great content coming up. You'll get Keith's comic roundup every week, uh, Lee and Matt's gaming roundup on a weekly basis, and me probably posting a lot more about PC technology because... God damn it, I spent so much money on it. You're getting some content regardless. <laughs> but thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>